0: Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So if you don't already have a cup, go grab yourself some coffee and join me today as we talk about our identity in Christ and how does that relate to the conflict, the war on gender identity. Are you a boy? Are you a girl? Do you get to decide? I have recently been filling out a lot of applications. And one thing I've noticed consistently in the different forms that I've been filling out is it asks you, male, female, rather not identify maybe even other is in there. And I'm like, we don't really have a choice whether not identify. I guess, rather not say, so there's no prejudice in a job application. But other than that, even the airlines, female, male, rather not say. That's what's even on airline tickets purchasing, which is crazy to me. And truthfully, It's an all-out assault on children as a whole, children of God. Like We don't get to choose. And we don't want to hear that because we like to do what we like to do. And we like to do it how we want to do it. But the truth of the matter is we are either male or female. We are either lady or gentleman. We are either... Boy or girl. I think it was just this morning. I watched a short video of how Disney is no longer going to greet children when they come into the park as good morning, boys and girls. Right. Mickey Mouse, he's kind of famous for saying that. He's not going to say that anymore because they don't want anybody to feel excluded. And that seems normal because it appeals to our emotions, it appeals to our feelings. Oh, yeah, we don't want anybody to feel left out. So let's just water everything down and not call some things to the carpet as the body of Christ that we've let lie low for a while now. God doesn't make mistakes. When we choose to identify as something else, even going so far as literally to change our physical appearance, our physical um, gender, we're saying God has made a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. In Numbers 23, 19, we're told that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. He doesn't make mistakes it's not an identity we get to choose. As we rest our identity in Christ, we understand he already created us who we're supposed to be. This physical body on the outside is a representation of what we are on the inside. So if we're changing our physical body on the outside that God wrapped us up in, in our mother's womb, then we are saying, I don't like what you put in on the inside of me. So I'm going to change that starting from the outside. The word tells us in Joshua chapter one, verse five, I believe before, don't miss that word, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before, before you were even conceived, before I was even conceived, God knew us already, we already were. This is just an outer shell. We're identifying with our outer shell and our feelings that are misconstrued most of the time. Right, facts are not feelings. We don't change the facts to match our feelings. I say this all the time, our feelings will mess us up every single time. Whenever we're quote unquote feeling something, We have to step back and ask God, show me the truth of this. Is this your truth I'm feeling? Is it my truth I'm feeling? Is it a straight up lie I'm feeling? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before we already were who we were supposed to be. Before we were formed. I mean, pause and think, Selah, pause and think about that. Ponder that one. Our outer shell is literally a wrapping up of who God knew us to be beforehand. And can you see how that's just being shredded to pieces? God determined our gender identity as boy or girl, male or female, based on who We already were before it formed us in the womb, and now we're saying that's okay to change. It's okay to say otherwise. It's an all-out assault, like I just said, on people, on children, really, to misidentify. We're going after the little kids. I mean, kindergarten through third grade, if you have children in those ages and they're in the public school system, you better sit up and pay attention, You better explore what they're being taught in schools. They're coming in the back door, I promise you. And they have a plan, for lack of a better word, an agenda. That's what I want. They have an agenda to go after the kids. They want to put as uh, an employee of Disney that has something to do. I'm not sure of her name and I'm not sure of her title. But she has something to do with the program. And this is a quote. She wants to put queerness, quote unquote, her word. She's a gay woman. Queerness in every children's show. But it's back to the school system. In kindergarten through third grade, they're having sexual education. Sexual. On your children. Kindergarten. Five years old. And it's because the devil wants the children to misidentify at a young age, to be confused at a young age. And when that takes place, we can never become what God appointed us to be before the foundation of the world, right? There's a numbing, even in the body of Christ, there's a fear to speak up and say, this is wrong. No, you're a boy. You're a boy. You're a girl. You're going to grow up to be a man, no matter what you do, no matter how you dress. We cannot change that DNA fact. You're going to grow up to be a woman. And if there's something there missing and not brought in by suggestion, not brought in by confusion, but if there's something there, I've talked with people that said that have literally the Lord has set them free. And they said, you know, even from a young age, I struggled with it. That's why I thought it was real. I promise you there was a gateway. And that's what you got to get to the bottom to. But now they're going for the kids that don't even have gateways. They're just going straight to the classroom. They're like, well, kids believe teachers. So if your teacher teaches you this is okay, then you're going to believe it's okay. And that's what's taking place. We are boys, we are girls, we are men, we are women. We are very different, but we are also very equal. That's what needs to be taught. We, as women, have strengths. Men have other strengths. It's okay to, it's not a competition. It's okay to have different strengths. We were created with these different strengths as different facets of the Lord to bring to the earth and also to complement, cover, and strengthen one another with. Carrying a facet of who God is, since we are all created in his image. I mentioned a few minutes ago, that God knew us before he formed us in the wombs. It goes on to say in Psalm 139, right? David's saying this. And so not only did he know us before he formed us, He and then it says in Psalm 139, he created us in the inmost being. He knit us together in our mother's womb a whole different subject but he even chose the womb you were coming through that mother that you were birthed out of whatever issues may be there god chose her to birth you but that's a whole different story so this whole like i think we forget because birth is such a common thing what a miracle it actually is i was talking with a doctor recently and They were telling me, when you think about everything, when you have an understanding as a doctor of how many things can go wrong from the moment of conception until actual birth, it's actually a miracle that children are born completely whole and healthy. It's a a supernatural wonder that we've all really just taken for granted. But it goes back to these scriptures. I knew you before I formed you. I created you in the womb. I knit you together. I've done this with your appointed purpose in mind. And then the devil has come along and tried to twist that at a very young age. He's always gone after the young, right? He did it with Moses when Moses was born, right? All all the children, all all the male children under two years old, taken out. Jesus was born, same thing, taken out. Abortion, how many children taken out? Now we're going for the males and the females, taken out. How many, how many destinies taken out before the child ever had a chance to step into any portion of that destiny? We are fearfully and we are wonderfully made even in our imperfections. But the power of suggestion is mighty, powerful kindergarten through third grade we're going after sex ed in kindergarten basically i mean being honest i think i was in junior high when it started and even then i was horrified i didn't want to be sitting there in the classroom learning this stuff even though it was only other girls in the classroom they separated out the boys and the girls whether they do that now or not i don't know but it's starting at a very young age way too young to process and understand no matter how they may present it so i looked up a few things i thought well how are they how are they and they say they say that it will be age appropriate it's not age appropriate well i mean it could be worse i guess but it so basically there's a program that's out there for sexual education you know they may call it health and science i don't know what they actually call it but um some of the things that they call cover in they don't separate out great kindergarten through third grade i read about summer fifth grade is um sexuality masturbation std sexually transmitted diseases pregnancies uh being respectful of respectful of all genders when so so right there that's subliminal there's two genders that's it right body curiosity uh, this is what it says on day two. We're going to we're gonna discuss body sexuality. Body curiosity is normal. Uh, bodies feel good. Masturbation, um, the definition of it that boys and girls uh, masturbate. It should be in private but not secret activity. This, I'm reading off of a um, guideline for these courses. Shared sexual behavior, by the way, kindergarten through third grade shared sexual behavior with the bullet points being touching, hugging, kissing, sexual behavior to show love and share pleasure. What? No. Do you see where the ch- they're going in and causing confusion in young children? Song of Solomon's. It actually warns us do not awaken love before it's time. Why? Because it's not appropriate. We can't handle it before a certain uh, mental age. Day three, they're going to talk about with kindergarten through third grade, wanted and unwanted pregnancies, the choice to have the children is up to the people involved. So I'm sure that covers abortion. Then they get into the sexually sexually transmitted diseases. Day four, society and culture. Uh, You know, just who knows even what's boys and girls roles, parents roles, expectations, um sexuality and religion, which I thought religion was not supposed to be allowed in school, but they're going to bring it in for sexuality and how some religions have different opinions on sexuality. Now we're going to talk about religion, some powerful stuff here. Why are we doing this? It's not necessary. It's actually unacceptable is what it is. And it's an assignment to bring in confusion to an area where there was not confusion before this. I mean, let's date it back a little bit for some of us listening. Do you remember Teletubbies 20 plus years ago that came out? My kids loved it. They loved it. I'm watching it one day. I'm like, no, we're not going to watch this. It looks cute. It looks innocent. I went back today and just watched the intro to Teletubbies. I challenge you, go watch it. It's off. That's 20 plus years ago. This has been systematically planned out and we've got to stand up and guard our children, protect our children. It's no different than someone coming in and assaulting our child. They are mentally assaulting them, causing confusion at young ages. That's going to be so difficult, so difficult. This is trauma, to be honest. And it's going to be so difficult to go back and correct it. Can be done because the Lord can do all things. Anyhow, back to Teletubbies. My husband and I were actually talking about this this weekend. Like, yeah, remember Teletubbies came all no. Nobody looks different. They had different colors. That's it. Everything else about them was the same. I'm like, who's the boy? Who's the girl? You don't know the name. You you couldn't associate anybody with anybody. You couldn't tell the difference between boy and girl. They didn't even speak a regular language. I'm like, something went off inside me. I'm like, no, we're not watching this. And the boys were upset with me. Why can't we watch it? Because I can't even tell who's a boy and who's a girl. And no, they're not going to normalize that. It's not going to happen. I had a dream I was reminded of the last several days, and I don't want to take up too much time. This, this podcast will probably be a little longer than normal, but I, and I don't want to take up too much time talking about the details of the dream, but this dream was probably at least 10 years ago, and um, two of our sons were still living at the, in the house then, and my youngest son and I looked out the front window, and we saw a huge penguin in our driveway, in my dream. So of course penguins are not in Texas. So obviously something was off. This penguin was misplaced and it was huge. By huge, I'll say about four feet in height. That's pretty big for a penguin. And so we looked at each other and we went to go step out on the front porch. And as we did that, the penguin started waddling away. And she starts, I say she, because I called out a name to her. She starts waddling down the street. And so somehow I know that this penguin is lost and confused in the dream. And I also know the penguin's name. And so I call out to the penguin and I start yelling, Amy, Amy. And the penguin turns around. And when the penguin turns around, it's a little girl's face in a penguin costume. And she responds to me, calling her Amy, and she runs back to me. And right as she's coming to me in the driveway, she's just about to me, I would say about 10 women, 15 women come around the bend in the road to our house. They come around that corner and they're rejoicing. And they're like, you found Amy, you found Amy, we've been looking all over for her. And that was the end of the dream. I was like, what on earth was that? Obviously, I knew the little girl was confused. She was lost. She was out of place. She was misplaced. And yet there were these people over here that were trying to find her. And so it just kept churning in me that whole day. And and Amy, that Amy, I'm like, why Amy? Who's Amy? I don't know any Amy's. I know no Amy's. And so I actually went to look up the name Amy and I could hardly believe what it meant. The meaning of the word Amy is my beloved. My beloved. My beloved was confused. My beloved was lost. My beloved was out of place. My beloved was a little girl in a penguin suit. And yet when she was found, when she turned back to the one calling out to her, all these other women over here rejoice, which I believe were the angels rejoicing, and I believe my the Lord is trying to call His beloved, bring them to an understanding out of that place of confusion into a place of understanding that He loves them, He loves you, He loves me, we are His beloved, no matter how confused we are, no matter how lost we are, no matter how misplaced we are, He's calling us back. Holy Spirit's calling us back. We have to come to a place of knowing our identity in Christ, that God gave us our identity, like I talked about earlier, right? He knew us before he formed us in the woman. He wrapped us up in an outer shell based on what we were. Already knew it. He knew our gender, our gifts, our talent, our anointing, everything. And when we have a true revelation of that, it brings confidence. It brings rest. It brings trust. It brings an increase of faith. I mean, if I can rest in who God created, I don't have to worry about who I am. I don't have to worry about what you think about who I am. And I won't be swayed to be somebody I'm not because God said, no, you don't understand. God created me to be a woman and I'm going to be proud as a woman. God created me with particular gifts and talents that don't compete against your gifts and talents. Even if they're similar, they're still different. And we rest in that. We have faith in that. Why? Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. When we truly know this and we truly understand it, I mean, we become unstoppable in the things of the Lord. This is the vital message kindergarten through third grade needs to be taught. This is the agenda that should be released on our children. This will raise up adults who are confident, aware, and validated in God. Because truthfully, most children are just looking for some validation. They're just looking for some attention. God created us. God purposed us. We're not just meandering around in a meaningless life, a meaningless world that will just one day come to an end. No, we're already equipped to do what God said we needed to be on this earth to do. Specifically, me for what, I, what God wanted to come through me. You for what God wanted to come through you. He said, that's the one I need for that purpose. Knowing that brings faith, brings encouragement, brings strength that we can do what God has appointed us to do because we were wrapped around that purpose. It will and can be accomplished through us, whatever it is that God intended. Our only portion is to actually believe it, to actually know the truth of it. Believing it births faith. And faith births a will to walk in obedience to see what we were appointed to do come to pass. What's our identity? Who do we identify as? What do we identify as? I just wanna leave you with these two scriptures. We're getting ready to wrap it up. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. We are told our identity and our purpose. Our identity is we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood and nothing less. I'm paraphrasing a little. We are God's special possession. He treasures us. What's the purpose of that? That we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into life, our testimony. That's how we overcome, by the way. It tells us that in Revelation. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the words of their mouth, our testimony to others of the greatness that God created in us and through us. There are only two genders. God created them in the very beginning, right? Genesis 5, verse 2, we were created male and female. That's what we were created and called mankind. Anytime you see man in the Bible, it's woman and man. Male and female, he created them and blessed them. We were created these things. <clears throat> That's in Genesis Mark 10, verse 6. However, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Even in Matthew, it says it. Jesus answered, have you not read that from the beginning? The creator made them male and female. That's what he did. He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. That's what he did. Gender identification is not a personal choice. God decided because remember, like I said, he wrapped our outer shell in a body, so to speak, around what he already created in us before we were ever even conceived. We actually already existed. And God makes no mistakes. Like we talked about numbers. He's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't change his mind. Psalm 1830 tells us this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge. That's powerful. He didn't make a mistake. He wasn't confused. Confusion has been brought in by the enemy who only looks to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he's looking to do. And the earlier he can, if he can get him in kindergarten, he's going to try. And he knows, the enemy knows that that teacher role in a young child's life carries a heavy voice. Have you ever argued with your child when they've come home and said something that you know the teacher, it's wrong. And they're like, but my teacher said, but your teacher's wrong. I've had those conversations with my kids. This is how my teacher said to do it. But your teacher's wrong. And in their mind, no, their teacher has the final say. And the enemy knows that. And that's why he's going in from that angle. But God, no, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge. He'll be your shield. Are you struggling? Are you confused? Are you ashamed? Go to God. His way is perfect. Pour your heart out to Him and let Him show you His truth about you.